Hello and welcome everybody to yet another episode of Nerds Talk Movies. I am your host today, Tristan Benz, joined by my marvelous co-host, uh, Drew Garrison. Drew, how you, how you feeling today? A bit uncanny, honestly. Hmm. Hmm. I wonder why that may be. But oh, I, uh, I'm going to say, I'm going. To oh, I'm sure you will. Like, that's I'm the sure, first I was gonna thing say, I'm going to say. But talk I'm, about. I'm sure you're going to get into it. Uh, but you know who's not going to get into it, uh, Drew? Taylor. Taylor. And you know why? Because Taylor hates women, everybody. I've said it before. I'll say it again if I have to. I don't like saying it, but it needs to be said. Taylor hates women. Really, it could be argued that most people at the Nerd Stash hate women, aside from me and, and Drew. You know, Drew has a weird weird thing against She-Hulk but, and Brie Larson, but, you know, it is what it is. Tristan Benz, though, big friend of women. Uh, but no, in reality, the reason why Taylor's not on this episode is because, uh, you know, it had Samuel L. Jackson, had Sammy Jacks back as Nick Fury, and it also had scrolls in it, and Taylor just didn't have it in him to to cover really anything that could potentially be related to Secret Invasion, which, from what I understand, is valid. I haven't watched the show. Uh, don't know when I will. As someone who watched the show, it was... Uh... Let's just say it didn't do any character in it any justice. Well, that explains why Taylor just, uh, he, he was a little traumatized, we'll say. So he didn't want to see the movie that we're talking about today, which is The Marvels, which, you know, I would assume you know if you read the title of the episode. If you didn't, if you're just going in blind, then hey, you know, maybe I should be more free-spirited like you, because I'd be too stressed sometimes. You know, what? What's what's your secret? How do you, uh... How do you just vibe like that, just clicking on things, not knowing what you're listening to? Anywho, <laughs> let's get into the nitty and the gritty of the Marvels. Here's the synopsis, courtesy of IMDb, which is, you know, where we always get our, our information sources from. Carol Danvers gets her powers entangled with those of Kamala Khan and Monica Rambeau, forcing them to work together to save the universe. And boy, do they. Boy, do they get entangled. Boy, do they save the universe. Here are some of the main cast for the film, along with the director and the writing credits. Again, this is coming from uh, IMDb. This was directed by Nia DaCosta, who also worked on the screenplay, along with Megan McDonnell and Alyssa Karasik? Karasik? I don't know how you pronounce that. I'm pulling a tailor here. Although, quick shout-out to Nia DaCosta. Even though everyone's acting like this is Marvel's biggest flop ever, despite a string of, you know, questionable uh, projects... This is, I believe I saw, the highest opening, uh, like, box office weekend debut for a black female director. So, you know, shout out to her. That's cool. Uh, wish it was being covered less negatively. But, you know, you gotta, you gotta take your dubs where you can get them. Honestly, not her fault. This project was passed around a ton, apparently. So, Nia, so Nia it's like... It's not your fault. This was pretty. This movie was pretty much just set up to have negative press, regardless of what happened. I mean, especially following after all the hate people gave to Captain Marvel for either reasons that were you know valid or totally invalid. Uh, the, there was this. This movie had an uphill battle for sure, and you hate to see it. Yeah. But you know, uh, I 
I enjoyed it for, you know, just go ahead and, and spool on that. Uh, it's based on the Marvel Comics characters created by, I see Taylor put insert creators here. I'm going to be real honest. Uh, there's a lot of creators in this, man. Like, there's... Like, like, there's, there's, like there's a lot. All three, of our main, all three of our main characters were created by someone. Created different. by different people. You know, like, it's just not... It's like saying, hey, the Avengers created by whatever, and they're just going through... Well, I guess that doesn't really work, because most of the Avengers were Stanley and Jack Kirby. So, let's see. We'll just get into... We'll give a special shout-out later to certain creators when we get to the comic connections, as we always do. But for now, let's just get to the rest of the main cast. We got Brie Larson returning as Carol Danvers, a.k.a. Captain Marvel. We got Tiana Paris as Monica Rambo. Ram, why'd well, say Rambo? Rambo. I mean, because she's my. I know thing. it's Rambo. Rambo. <laughs> it's like I, I. It's like that. Hurt, that hurts Tristan as a uh, Monica Rambo fan. Hey man, I'm I, I'm a I'm a I'm a fan of Monica, but you know it's it's been a long day. All right, it's been a long day. Give me give me some slack. We got Aman Vellani returning as Kamala Khan, aka Miss Marvel. We got old Samuel L. Jackson, Sammy Jackson, as I like to call him, Bags Nick Fury. We got Zawe Ashton as Darben, who. Drew, I don't, you know, you're you're maybe a bit more up on your Captain Marvel than I am. I've never heard of Darben. I don't know that she's ever really been a thing in the comics. Am I am I making that up or is that the uh, are, what's your what's your Darben knowledge? Let's put it that way. So does exist, uh, and this is like it was like I remember him from a Silver Surfer run back in the 1990s. But, uh, I, like, he is a dude in the comics, so that's one thing. And, um, all I remember is their minds were absorbed, like, um, the minds of Darben was absorbed into the Supreme Intelligence, and that was the last we ever heard of him, and maybe he's just a they now with the Supreme Intelligence thing. Well, that is kind of cool, then, that they tied her, her motivation so deeply into the Supreme Intelligence, then. I like that. Which you know we'll get we'll get more into that uh, later because I have I have some positive things to say about uh, what they do with the Kree here, but I yeah. digress. Lastly, movies and TV shows are driven by more than just a director, writers, and cast. There are hundreds of people who are working hard on each project. So for each movie and show we cover, we also spotlight a certain uh, group or a certain member of the crew. Who, you know, depending on what we think is the movie show's best trait, who they, they deserve a shout out. So cast members are not that are not included in our main cast section are also eligible to be selected for this part too. Drew, who are you who are you shouting out, especially for uh for this uh this this project, this picture? Uh this is a hard this is a hard one for me. I don't really know who to fully shout out. Um, but I guess if I had to pick someone, I guess Andrew Bennett, who's the supervising art director, mm. like, okay. like I like the look, I like the look of the Supreme Intelligence. It's like I miss him yeah, being I just more. Love the look of the Supreme Intelligence. Yeah, it's like I miss the look where he was more blobby, but making him like a pure computerized robot head looks really cool to me as well. So, you know, like that. I I hate that they blew it up so easily. <laughs> Yeah. barely got the supreme intelligence but it's like it, it i do like i do like the look and i like the look of a few of the planets so yeah i'm gonna say the supervising art director okay okay well shout out to that supervising art director i would like to andrew give bennett. a shout out to andrew but Be- shout out to andrew hold up his name's andrew bennett yes 
You know, that's the, that's the name of I Vampire from uh, from DC Comics. I did not know that. Yeah, Andrew Benno, that's crazy. That's that's crazy. Wow. Uh, I would like to shout out Laura Karpman. Uh, as always, you know, I like to uh, I, I like to pay attention to the music. And Laura Karpman did the did the score. She was the composer. She previously worked on the Miss Marvel show among a bunch of other different things. But I really liked the way that she implemented the Miss Marvel score into this, along with you know all the other existing uh, incorporated themes. I just I really think the movie really benefited from such a such a dynamic and energetic score especially during the fight scenes which everyone even the people who like to be haters are talking about how these are some of the best fight scenes marvel has had in a while and i wholeheartedly agree and i think they are only emphasized and benefited by the uh the score so yeah shout out to old laura cartman mm-hmm. so there you go now drew i know you I know you're a big, uh, you're a big Marvel guy. You know, you you like you especially like the Marvel Cosmic. I know that's your one of your bags, and you know I've I've had to defer to you on some Captain Marvel lore every now and then. So right now I'm I'm gonna defer to you a bit with the comic connections. I got a few of my own that I was very excited about uh, for this movie. But why don't you start us off with your your comic connections for the Marvels? Well, since Darben appears in there, I'm gonna like I said, Silver Surfer. Um, it's the 1990s. I'm not sure what volume, because I'm not sure how many volumes Silver Surfer has had. So, apologies on that. But I know the specific one is, like, he, Darwin first appeared in Silver Surfer volume 53. Of course, with Kamala, it's the Miss Marvel volume 1, because that's when she meets Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. But for my girl, Monica Rambo, the first female Captain Marvel... One of Roger Stern's uh, finest creations. Oh say. yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Just one. I wanted to bring her up, but uh, actually, she actually appeared first in Amazing Spider-Man Annual number sixteen. So I'm gonna bring that up, and she got the Captain Marvel moniker as uh, as in uh, Avengers Unplugged number five. Bringing that up because technically, like, she's supposed to have a Marvel-centric name, and she doesn't have any other Marvel-centric name in the comics besides Captain Marvel, so just yeah, otherwise they just that. call her Photon or Spectrum. Or or Pulsar. Pul- she was Pulsar, wasn't she? Yes. Wasn't she also uh Nightlight or something? I feel like that was a joke that her name was Nightlight, like at one point. Uh I don't think so. Um maybe? Like I don't rem I don't remember it, but she has a lot of uh, major name changes that um really she got um shafted over through her publication history so it's like she could have had it at one point i I tell you what drew i tell you what like any good like let's put it this way like the other best captain marvel her name has been taken from her (laughs) several times uh it's heartbreaking so many times it's heartbreaking and again no disrespect to carol danvers love carol danvers as a character but you know Monica Rambeau's Captain Marvel first. Yeah. Just a fun fact as well. Uh, while she was Captain Mar- Marvel, Monica Rambeau actually got to lead the Avengers and was considered and is and is still considered one of their best leaders. So yeah, like she literally um led the Avengers to face the Greek pantheon and came out on top. So she just got it like that. She's got it like that. Can't wait to she's, see what she's, she's built different, you know? Yeah. I actually have to say I can't 
Well, actually, uh, I won't say that. Uh, but, like, I'm glad she's here. That's what I'm going to say. I'm glad she's here. We're glad she's here. We're glad she's getting such a prominent uh, role in the MCU, especially with the, the after credit scene. It looks like she's going to be very pivotable, pivotable, pivotal to things coming up that I am yeah. quite looking forward to. And I know you are. Uh, which we'll, we'll, let me touch on that for a second with the comic connections and then we'll just say a general thing about the movie and I'll let you go off because I know you've been holding this in all weekend. Yes, So, uh, for the comic connections, let me just add mine in. It's all X-Men related because that's where a lot of my love for Captain Marvel comes in. So at the end, you know, after credit scene, which you're going to pop off about later, you know, you got binary there. You got Maria Rambo of this universe as binary hanging out with the X-Men. And Nita Costa herself said this was a reference to the Claremont run where Carol Danvers unlocked her binary form like while she was essentially like an honorary member of the X-Men after she left the Avengers because some really jacked up stuff happened to her and they just did nothing to, to help her. She was rolling with the X-Men for a while. Big part of the Brood Saga, actually. Shout out to the Brood Saga. Um, hope we get those in a Captain Marvel movie. Uh, so Maria taking on this binary role is a reference to the Claremont run. And uh, yeah, so shout out X-Men. I'm going to take any opportunity to shout out the Claremont run as my comic connections. I'm trying to think of any other immediate comic connections that popped into my head we, other than just being like, oh, we could talk X-Men. about Wendell Vaughn. Is, well, yeah, there's the Quasar stuff, but like, do they even, do they ever actually reference Wendell Vaughn or do they just, well, those are his bands. So. Yeah, there is bands, but it's just like, ah, uh, you know, like it would yeah. be cool to see that man Wendell or who's the, who's the Quasar that he like merges with later. And they almost have like a Billy Batson Captain Marvel thing. It's the, she's oh, a, she's that a was Rick Jones. Oh, no, I mean, well, yeah, he, Rick Jones becomes Quasar too, but it's especially during like, it's around, is it, is it after Annihilation? I think it's between Annihilation and then like the, the, the Thanos Imperium. Oh, oh, I know. I, I think I know who you're talking about. Um, I think her, I think she's Avril. Is that her name? That sounds about, that sounds right. There's an A in it, but they, and they, they have a cool thing where like when they use their powers, they switch, which actually feels like somewhat similar to to what they're doing with the the powers of the titular marvels in this film. So maybe that in and of itself is a connection. Oh, and on that note, one last connection. The name they give Carol the Annihilator, Drew, I'm sure you, you know, you, you picked up on that, is, I yeah. would imagine, a reference to the, not only the storyline Annihilation, which is a, one of the best Marvel cosmic stories out there, although personally I prefer Annihilation Conquest with Ultron, um, but the <laughs> Annihilators were a team that were formed by Quasar, um, featuring Gladiator, whose car just came to Marvel Snap, and I'm very excited about it, um, Ronin, and Silver Surfer was on it too, and Beta Ray Bill, right? Those were the... Yes. Yes. God, what a fucking, what a fucking lineup, dude. Yeah, they're recently some of the strongest cosmic, uh, heroes in the verse, so... Yeah. So that's and so it's cool that they gave uh, Carol the name the Annihilator. I'm like, oh look at that! A lot of fun references here that that I'm I'm getting a kick out of. Uh, now let's just move on. General thoughts. I personally really enjoyed the movie. Uh, I liked how how quick it was. You know, I was in and I was out. Some of the pacing a little weird, which I'm sure we'll get into. Uh, feels like there's some things missing, but overall, I really enjoyed the performances. I enjoyed the action. I enjoyed the music. Uh, the humor actually worked for me a lot. And uh, yeah, I had a, I had a fun time. But 
Drew, what are your general thoughts? And then I, you are unleashed. To be to be honest, for me, the movie was just mid. It's like it's like I'm not gonna say it, I'm not gonna say it's bad. It's just like I feel like a lot of the stuff that they were trying to do needed more time to cook because otherwise it's in and out, and I don't have enough to, and I don't have enough time to actually feel for it. So. Uh, and i i can see that argument i will say just it seems like a lot of the movie you know and this isn't me doing like a snyder cut thing but it does seem like a lot of the movie was like change not necessarily change in editing but bits were cut out in editing because i've seen quite a yeah. few stills online where people are like where was this in the movie like we're missing like several several beats so i don't know I'm, i'd be curious to yeah. see what a, the original yeah this movie like. needs an ultimate edition I feel like it, I feel like it could have really benefited from some extra scenes, but yeah, that that's what that was my whole thing. Now, sit down, Tristan. Let me tell you. I'm a sitting. Story. Oh, I'm sitting. Tell tell me a story. We've weave a tapestry of words. Once upon a time, there was a young boy who liked comic books, and he was already into Marvel and DC until he found something that felt like it was another universe and yet very close by to one of those universes. That was X-Men. And that little boy fell in love with an X-Men in particular. And somehow, some way, that X-Men always got shafted. Every time in movies. Because every time he needed some extra time to appear or just some spotlight, it never happened. And then the MCU did the smart thing and made him the first X-Men we see. Thank God Beast is in this movie. Second, technically. We've seen Charles before. Well... Yeah, te- technically, true that. But, but first was, for this universe. Yeah, first for this universe. Which, by the way, I kind of made the. I kind of said like this should kind of happen, and it's weird how the Marvels ended up as my, uh, as my how to introduce the X Men story that we had on Clash of the Stash. But Hang on, I'm telling you, Kevin Feige, he listens. Uh, if he if he does, Kevin, I would love a job writing for Marvel. But well, it's not yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah, I'm not crazy. I'm just like saying, say, well, hey. well, I know, but it's like we 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 can't ask for that right out of the gate. We got to build up to that a little bit more, you know. We gotta we gotta sow the seeds. Okay, okay. Uh, but seriously, give me a job, Kevin. Anyway, <laughs> when I saw Beast, I went crazy. Like the theater was looking at me weird, and I told them, "You have no idea how much I suffered. You have no idea." And he was there. He he talks just like Beast. He got Kelsey Grammer, and he looks good in that weird CGI Beast. And I even like the weird CGI Beast. It's like he doesn't look real, but holy crap, does he look good? Would you go oh. so far as to say that you went Beast mode? Oh, I went Beast mode. Beast is my favorite X Men, bar none. And that is above Rogue, who I love and cherish dearly. But, um, yeah, so, gotta say, like, I, I, this is the part I want to talk about. This is, the, this is like the full main reason I said, I'm talking about the Marvels now. Nobody can stop me. Well, no one tried to stop you. In fact, everyone was, well, and by everyone, I mean, I was like, are we talking about this this week? And you're like, I'm not going to see this movie. And I'm like, you should go see this movie. Honestly, yeah, I was kind of give, I was kind of giving up on the MCU. I was kind of just ready to move on. And then they brought this, and it's like, I've been a, a hard pass, because it's like, I said I was done, but now it's like, but I want to see more Beast. And I want to see if they introduce Rogue, and I want to see what they do with Quasar. Are they going to do, are, is Rogue going to be a bad guy when she first appears? I hope I so. I hope so. I want them to do the Mystique beef with Captain Marvel, and, and then Rogue joins the X-Men thing. I, wa- I want that story. Now my question is, is the beef going to be with Monica? Uh, that'd be cool too. That'd be cool yeah. too. Or it could just be with uh, Maria as as binary. You know, I'd be oh, into yeah. that. 
the possibilities are endless. Uh, but yeah, so ooh, that's what I want to talk about. That's the spiel I wanted to do. Love his costume. Hope they keep this. Honestly, don't even. It's like I don't even care if you update the effects. It would be cool, but it's like I'm here. You you brought my favorite X Men to me, and he's finally here. So I'm I'm ready for it. Hopefully you uh you don't go through the thing that I went through where it's like, hey Henry Cavill back as Superman, and then <laughs> just immediately like, all right, we're done with that. Uh, yeah, be, crossing uh, my fingers on that one. Don't want don't want that to be happen. upsetting. Be a little bit funny, I'd be honest, but it'd be upsetting. I mean, look, here's here's the thing, Drew. Here's the thing. You know me. I'm also a beast enjoyer. You know, not to your level. Yeah, as as I've gotten as as I've reestablished my love with the X Men, I've gone back to to loving my man Scott Summers. You know, more of a Cyclops guy myself. Anywho, I I also am a fan of Beast. And let me tell you, when I saw Kelsey Grammer back as Beast, the Blues were again calling me, and it seems like the Blues were calling him, or rather, just a large sum of of green, a large sum of money to get him back as Beast. This is very exciting. Uh, I was like, holy shit. He looks like just '90s beast, like even down to having the little, the little, you know, his bottom, his bottom fangs sticking bottom up fangs. over his lips. You know, it's like, man, this is he got the hair, like he's he's in the white lab coat, like they are. And then, and then, Drew, I'm sure you noticed this, but so far in the MCU, when they've shown X Men or hinted at mutants, like you know, when Charles shows up in in Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness, or when Kamala is revealed as a mutant at the end of her show, they play the X Men animated series theme. In this, they played the X Men movie theme, the and I'm like, oh yeah, bro, get my nips hard. Very exciting, very exciting stuff. I look forward to seeing where this is going to go for sure. Yeah, but also my fa- my favorite thing about this little cameo was that they actually have colorful costumes. It's not just black leather, right? The but you know this is uh, about the Marvels. So let's talk about one of the Marvels because I'm counting binary as one of the Marvels. Her suit was incredible. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, they nailed binary. The binary design is one of the best. I think it's one of Carol Danvers' best costumes. I would argue the energy binary that she had in her her recent run, like that was like essentially like her an clone sister sort of thing. Clone her design is I think one of the best designs Marvel has put out in years. Like it was just, and that's not to say I'm shitting on Marvel designs. It's just like that, that was that good. I'm like, wow, this is incredible. And to see that adapted here with Maria, who's a character that people really liked uh, in the first movie and have liked every appearance since. I also really, I like Lashana Lynch. Uh, I like the binary uh, legacy. So I'm excited to see where that goes. But her suit was just, I, I think it's one of the best MCU suits we've seen. Well, there was some, like, um, stuff with, with her being in the Illuminati and everything. It's like, they didn't like that version of her. But the the whole point was not to like the Illuminati, guys. Yeah, I mean, okay, you know, you're not supposed to like the Illuminati. That being said, do I still like the Illuminati? Yeah. But no, I thought Binary was great. I thought this was a great after credit scene. And, Drew, anything else you want to say about this after credit scene before we talk about the actual movie? Because I don't want to spend the whole episode talking about 45 <laughs> seconds. Uh, yeah, so, um, I don't, I don't know how to pronounce her name, but Tiana Paris, mm-hmm. this was her best scene. Like, seeing her tearing up when her she saw her mom, oh man, that hit. That hit. It was good. It was good shit. 
And yeah. and Lashana Lynch's like reaction to that, like her performance of like confusion, of, like oh, what do you mean? Like her mom, I'm like damn, it's also good. So this is yeah. good stuff, man. That's good, good stuff. And that's something we can talk about with the whole movie. Like you said, like there are some things that feel like rush, and you wish you had more time to to delve into. But you got to give it up to the cast because they are they're all crushing it. Like especially the main three Marvels, like their performances helped like gloss over a lot of the stuff that you had issues with. It helped gloss over it for me. I'm like, ah, you know what? They're selling it for me. And honestly, while they do crush a lot of their seeds, I do have to say that Brie Larson and Tiana Paris had a bit of a acting problems that I will get into. Cause there were, Bro, some what's your beef with Brie Larson? My, I don't have full brief beef with Brie Larson. Hell, I like her in a ton of stuff. It was just her introduction as Cap- as Carol Danvers slash Captain Marvel was a... There, there was a lot, okay? I like her in a ton of stuff. Like, she's actually in a TV minis- in a TV miniseries called Lessons in Chemistry, and she rocks in that. I was wondering if that show's good. I keep seeing ads for it on, on my Roku. Yeah, she, it's, a, it's a pretty good show. I would highly recommend. I even like her in Fast X, so... God, Fast X, what a picture. I like her. It's... It's just the Captain Marvel character was not introduced very well. Oh, yeah. And I, we've talked about this. I enjoy the Captain Marvel movie just as a movie. But, I mean, we've talked before on air and off about how I'm, in general, I don't love amnesia plots. And I didn't necessarily love the amnesia plot in the Captain Marvel solo debut. It, like you say, it still doesn't necessarily do the the best job of letting audiences know Carol's actual personality. Um, and then anytime she's shown up since then, like she has just been there for like five seconds to kick ass. So you don't really get to see her do anything either in this. Yeah. I thought it was like, Oh, okay. She actually gets to have a personality and she does actually feel more like Carol Danvers, like yeah. the character that we know from the comics. Like, okay, cool. Yes. Like she's doing what, you know, we've known that Brie Larson is capable of doing since she first appeared in the MCU. It's just the writing is finally letting her do that, which I found exciting personally. Yeah, really, really like, really like that. Um, Carol definitely has a lot better moments than she's had in pretty much all of her MCU. We even get to see her. We even get to see her emote like regret and everything multiple times, and we get to see like, oh, she's confused and everything. And so much, and it's like that stuff we kind of really needed in her solo movie and everything. In this one, it's like, oh, she actually gets moments where she looks vulnerable and where she, like, doesn't know what to say. And it's like, it's so good. It's like, wow, finally, we got, it's like, we finally let Brie Larson, like, flex. Thank you. I mean, she's a, she's a, a, a great actor, so there was definitely a lot of flexing going on, but... Uh, on the note of great actors, we also got to give a shout out to the other two of the the leads. We got to give a shout out to Tiana Paris and uh, Iman Vellani because they were both like fan fantastic. Everyone keeps saying this, but it's the truth. Like Iman Vellani is going to be a star. Like she, she's just so damn talented. She is my f- she is my favorite actor in in this trio. Like she she made her scenes amazing. Yeah, that's understandable. And it's also so cool to get to see more of Tiana Paris as Monica Rambeau after, you know, WandaVision, which she had a significant role there, like more so than I think a lot of people were expecting. But I was glad. 
Yeah, I was glad too. And somehow it feels like she had, I don't know if I'd say more interiority in this, but with this, she is one of the title characters. So there is more of an emphasis being placed on her, especially because the other, one of the other main leads is Carol, who's just such an integral part of her story in the MCU. Um, So we got to see a lot of interesting interplay between these characters and, I am, a lot of people are saying, well, why didn't they just make Captain Marvel 2? I'm very glad they went this route because of the interplay between all the all these three characters. You know, you've got everything that's left unspoken between Monica and Carol. You've got Kamala's fan worship of, of Carol. And you have what, you know, th- this newfound relationship between Kamala and um, Monica where it's like, oh, this is like, someone she can look up to in a way that's different from Carol because so much of her love for Carol is like, you know, and, and it takes her a while to overcome this, but it is that sort of hero worship with Monica. It's clear that it's like, Oh, this is someone she can just look up to just as a general role model, like as a, as a person and as a hero. And I think that is a, a really cool aspect of their, uh, their dynamic. Yeah. And I, and I gotta also love um how, how Kamala is like um going super fangirl like over talky everything and then it's and then um they give her a moment where it's like she has to make where it's like she makes the call of oh we've got to leave because Carol doesn't and it's a cool moment where she disagrees with her mentor with her um hero and like she chooses what her mentor would do Monica and it's it's really good I like um her growth and i like the fact that she doesn't lose her hero worship but she does start looking at carol a bit differently that is something mm-hmm. i think the comics like when the time came for her to do so it's like it came in a really big way because i think it was civil war Two when she finally disagreed and that was with the miles thing so yeah. uh so yeah it, it was very big and that's like oh yeah that's a that's a big intersection instead of her just disagreeing on one thing and building up yeah like that was a massive event yeah yeah this one's softer and feels more like okay yeah she's gonna keep her hero worship but she's also gonna see carol in a new light i like that yeah and at the same time like she's gonna learn how to be a hero like on her own like starting to make her own choices as you know one of a hero for the greater good or whatever because you know as part of her hero worship so much of her her identity as a hero has been like her wanting to be like Captain Marvel. And that's something you see a lot in her own show. That's not to say she hasn't already made her own identity, but she's definitely like, you know, for most of this movie, starstruck. They're like, oh, this is the person that like, you know, I've, I've, I mean, she literally modeled her identity after her name's Miss Marvel. Like, and yeah. I, you know, just, hey, light person. I don't know. I hate her fucking powers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she's basically, but it gives her, let's, let's be honest. She's basically Quasar. Yeah. Except without being able to fly or having that dope cape that's like got the stars inside. I tell you what, uh, Quasar, yeah. kind of a character I'm indifferent on, but great design, great design. Um, like I like Quasar. Like his initial start is a little bit hard to get into because he's already like a secret shield agent and everything. But I like. Yeah, and his name's where... Wendell. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I like but I like where he goes and as he as he continues his journey and everything. Like I followed Qu- I followed Quasar um through the comics once. I would have to do it again to like give you like a full play by play of his stuff. 
But Quasar is like he's an un, he's underrated. Whenever like people bring up like a potential Green Lantern of the Marvel universe, Wendell is Quasar's it. up there. Quasar yeah. is up there. Like everyone goes right to Nova, but Quasar's up there. Um, but going back to to the characters in this movie, despite you know they talk a lot of these Quantum Mans, it's like, hey, when are any of the Quasars going to show up? Um, Kamala this Quasar. <laughs> that's oh, it. Kamala is essentially Quasar. This story arc for Kamala feels just like such a natural continuation of, you know, her story in her own solo show. Like, we saw her become her own hero in that series, but this really just reemphasizes that by putting her up against, you know, and having her play off against her her inspiration, her idol. It's great stuff. It's great character work for for her for um carol as well and the interplay between those two bounces off of everything that's going on with monica rambeau so well that it's just i i I cannot speak highly enough about how much i enjoy the dynamic of the three leads in this like they're all a stand-up performers to me yeah and they all have different um points of their personalities which can bounce off of each other but also like feels like that yeah you can see these guys getting along and uh even seeing like the tension that's between all of them it's like yeah i i can see it and then you know come on you got nick fury and i know taylor's burnt out from secret invasion i know you're a little burnt out from secret invasion i don't watch secret invasion so i'm just like oh man hey there he goes there's Sam Jackson, Nick Fury, still got it. And he gets to be funny in this, but not in a way that's, like, funny, but feeling out of character. Like, when Talos was pretending to be Nick Fury in uh, Far From Home. Um, or even a little bit in the original Captain Marvel movie. It's like, okay, like, he's... This is clearly a Nick Fury. He's He's been there, done that, and he's just like, alright, well, shit, I'm old now. Who, who cares? I'm, I'm gonna make fun of Captain Marvel when she falls out of the sky. Uh, I really like. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm glad that you haven't seen Secret Invasion because when you when you see how Nick Fury acts now, it's like it, it does feel like he's been slowly t- slowly tainted, and it's it is weird. It's like I like Samuel. It's like Samuel Jackson's acting his butt off, and you like that. But it's like when you think about Nick, when you think about the Nick Fury of the MCU and how it's slowly been, how he's slowly been changed, and then Secret Invasion just being like the giant hammer coming to hit that nail down. It's, it, it's a bit, it's a bit like, dang, dang. Like my, oh, like no, if you I, were, I'm not surprised. Like if you erase Secret Invasion. Yeah, if you erase Secret Invasion, it's like, I feel like this would be a lot, he would be a lot more enjoyable. But when you know what happened in Secret Invasion, it's like, dang. I mean, look, yeah, I, I know I like to be a hater on the MCU uh, because I'm just a natural hater and I think it's funny. But if we're being honest, like, a lot of these characters' personality just vary from movie to movie. So, you know, I'm not, I mean, Thor being the, the number one perpetrator of that, I would I would argue. Uh, Taika Waititi is, I blame for that. <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? Samuel L. Jackson, as long as he's having fun and he's not, like, you know, playing with a, with a dead body or destroying a temple or randomly adopting a magical little girl at the end or... Just anything that Thor did, I can I can allow it. How do you feel about? I mean, we've talked about her a bit, but I actually want to have a conversation about this. How do you feel about Darben? Like, what are your? How do you? I like the plan. I'll say that. But how do you just feel about the the character? The character herself, I feel as though. See, it's hard for me to sympathize with a lot of Darben because uh, 
like we know like the Kree have committed several war crimes, oh, yeah. like from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, if, if we're, I mean, if we're talking war crimes, come on, like the Kree, they're putting up war crime numbers like nobody else. And the scrolls now have them be thanks to Secret Evasion, but I'll talk about that later. Oh, they do? Oh, okay. We'll see. I wouldn't know. Yeah, so but <laughs> um yeah, I do feel I do feel bad for I do feel bad for the Kree and want them to help. The my problem is my problem with Darben is like, okay, I understand your need. It feels like you went you immediately went to go the worst route though. Yes. Uh, Which so th- well that's part of why I like it though cuz our plan's such a dumb comic book thing. We're stealing the yeah. air from another planet. We're stealing the water. I'm like, you know what? This is like kind of dumb shit I'm into. Let's fucking go. Yeah, it's like it's it's like dumb and everything and it's like you can like immediately think of several other ways to make this better, but it's like at the same time, it's like you yeah, under- it's, cool. it's like you understand like her personality. It's like her loyalty is to the Kree 100%, but her anger has clouded what she can yeah. do to the best of its effect. So, I like her char- I like her character. I don't like the look that they gave Darben though. Like of the Kree Yeah, she of- just looked like a generic mcu kree i'm like all right why is this person the leader other than the fact that she's at least just from a visual standpoint i mean uh other yeah. than she, the fact that she has the universal weapon like okay yeah right. and the weird stuff that they put in her teeth it's like I, it's like is she supposed to be crazy because i don't think she's supposed to be crazy the teeth thing like are so distracting i kind of liked it i'm like oh it's fancy like it's not like a grill but it's like you know sometimes people just have like a gold tooth or whatever like a gold you know fancy drawer it, it looked alien but in like a cyberpunk type way yeah i can understand that the thing that kept distracting me though was like with the kree being a pure militaristic race it's like i just didn't expect that was i guess yeah they're not big on on individualized expression i guess yeah i guess that's now changed because now there are kree citizen kree citizens that aren't part of the army and stuff so it's like yeah i mean we saw even in in the scenes on holla holla you know just the people in the audience they weren't all (laughs) looking exactly the same like in their standard rigid uh uniform whatnot so i don't know that there was i i liked the addition of the the weird teeth ornaments but her outfit itself like that design i was like okay great she's just she's there universal weapon still looks cool as always because universal weapon uh dope it still makes me sad and like damn they really wasted ronan like who's not even really a straight-up villain in the comics they just made him a bad guy and then blew him away i'm like damn ronan well he well he is like if you think kree if you think kree it's only three characters prop up ronan captain marvell and um supreme intelligence yeah the supreme intelligence it's like that's it it's like even carol who's now tied to the kree in the comics and the stuff it's like nobody really sees this kree they really just go back to the kree yeah they really just go back to her original origin and everything because that was kind of like her coolest version but uh, i mean hey no one no one thinks about yon rog but he was the villain of <laughs> captain marvel they could have pulled out yeah. some random ass kree bitch from from guardians did of the he Galaxy die in the took, civil war probably who fucking cares like no offense to jude law but that was such a nothing fucking character <laughs> like whatever dude if he's dead yeah. Great. If he's not dead, I don't care. Like, uh, I'll, I'll say this. I like Darben more than I like Jan Rog. <laughs> if I look at his name, her name's not as dumb. Oh, man. Tell yeah, you what. True. So, so much of the Kree in Captain Marvel. Just what are they for? Gemma Chan was one of the Kree. They just brought her back in Eternal. It's like no one cares about the fucking Kree. <laughs> like, just bring her back as a whole other character. Oh, man. Yeah. Shout out to Gemma Chan, though. Great actress. Great actress. Uh, loved, her in, loved her in Eternals. Yeah, it's like, I might not have liked Eternals, but I can't wait to see her. Uh, 
I might not like the terms, but I can't wait to see more of her. So, uh, yeah. But but uh, yeah. For my whole thing about Durbin, like I like her character, like her flaws. Mm-hmm. Same, and I I like the way the flaws, like you said, play into her motivation. Like her rage is blinding her, and a lot of times we've seen in these movies, sometimes they just give the characters a dumb plan. You're like, what? What are we doing here? Like, why is this? Yeah, okay, you're bad to be bad now. We get it. And you're just doing something weird. Case in point, Iron Man 1. Why does Jeff Bridges immediately go to putting on the the Ironmonger suit? I don't know, because we needed to fight at the end. And hey, it leads to some oh, funny like things. I thought, going, Tony! You know, all, well, all I thought, that stuff. Well, I thought him putting on the suit was because he realized that Pepper like got the police and everything. And you just need a way out. Yeah, but, like, apparently that was, I was just reading this the other week, apparently that was, like, rushed last minute or whatever because the Mandarin was actually going to be the villain, the secret villain in the third final act, and they're like, ah, it's too much, let's just switch things around, and now Obadiah is in the fucking, the suits, you're like, okay, great, cool. I honestly agree with that because, it's like, the Mandarin should not be, like, the first villain Tony faces, the Mandarin's too big for that. They made the right call in the end, but it's just, like, that's just an example of, like, oh, bad guy just doing bad things now to be bad. With this, it's the whole time it's bad guy doing bad things to quote-unquote help her people, but also to be bad. But the way her plan manifests itself, it's like, you know what? This is dumb. But also, it's very comic booky in a fun way, and I'm into it. Like, does this make logistical sense? No. There has to be an easier way to get these resources. Is it really entertaining, and does it lead to some cool set pieces and visuals? Yeah. So, you know, I'm into it. On that note, let's talk about the visuals and the score and the soundtrack before we talk about something that I really want to want to get into. How do you feel about the visuals overall? Like, I, th- I thought they were pretty solid. I thought they were better than a lot of the, the stuff we've been getting from the MCU lately. Yeah, they're solid. I feel as though, like, the effects had a lot more time to be put in the oven and we got mm-hmm. and they were, like, um, fully, fle- fully fleshed out. Uh, for visuals, I feel like most of the... I like most of the planets. Like, um... Y- I like the uh, song planet. I was going to get into that in a second with the score, because that was... <laughs> I fucking love that scene. Uh, the z- it's like, this scene is, that scene is like, I like, but I don't like that they sort of infantilize it. I, I'll get into that when we talk about it. But I do, but I do like, um, I do like uh, the visuals that they put around them. I like the unique fact that every planet has something that makes it stand out, like with the... Um, like with the scrolls new homeworld i i forgot the name uh tar tarn something it's like t a r n tarn tarnak tarvan tarn tarvan something. i think it's tarvan cuz tarnak tarvan. is a character tarnak's a character who's tarnak there's a character like not like in the uh, movie but there's a character named tarnak i'm pretty sure it's a thor character Oh, okay. No, that sounded a little bit more fair. I thought you were saying uh, Karnak. I'm like, hey, we're talking Kree. Let's get the Inhumans in this bitch. <laughs> When's oh, Black yeah. Bolt gonna lead the Kree in the MCU? Come on, Darbin's dead. Bring in Black Bolt. Like, uh, like honestly, with the uh, where they leave the Kree, it's like you could totally have the Inhumans like be revealed to like the just Inhumans be... be revealed and come on in. And now you just got Big Daddy Black Bolt just making these yeah. rules, and then hey. Then we introduce the X-Men and have the Shi'ar, and then we can have the Shi'ar uh, getting involved in this Kree scroll war. You know, here's the the thing. We're going on a quick diatribe. All the MCU is talking about, oh, we're talking about the Kree. Oh, we're talking about the scrolls. I don't give a fuck about either of them. Where's the Shi'ar? All right? 
That's my. They are the most interesting race in all honesty. They are the most interesting. That is my preferred like Marvel space superpower. I love the Shi'ar. I love the Imperial Guards. I love Lalandra. You know, I love Deathbird and Emperor Dakin and the McCran Crystal. When are we getting that Marvel? Come on, Kevin. I know you're listening. Uh, but Wait, if we bring in Dakin and the Emperor Crystal, we are bringing in the Phoenix Saga, and they better do it right. If they, I mean, hey, they've got the building blocks to do it right. You know, they've, we're in space. Hey, we just got to introduce Jean and let her have a moment before the Phoenix. Just let her all have you got to do the Phoenix. Just let her have a moment before the Phoenix. Come on, come on. Not even, don't even hint at it. Don't even hint at the Phoenix. You know, just have Please him be don't. there and be Jean doing mind stuff and being like, oh, it's me. I got telekinesis and a little bit of telepathy. I'm Mar, I'm Marvel Girl, or she can just yeah, I'm Marvel Gray. Girl. Yeah, because I guess it'd be weird now that you already have Miss Marvel established before. Or, uh, or, Girl. or with a project I'm working on, you could use the name I, I came up with her, which is just Marvel. There you go, just have her just be Marvel. Or just have her be Jean, because she never really paid attention to her identity. She's like, yeah, I'm just fucking Jean Grey. And you're like, you know what? All right. Also, if she's just Jean, then you could have, like, the 90s um, calling out, Jean! Jean! Scott! (laughs) Scott! Jean! (laughs) Oh, man. God. Uh, X-Men. But you were saying about uh, the visuals in this? Yeah, so love the love the visuals. Um, I think the only visual that I just disliked in this one is really Monica's phasing powers. They don't really feel like it doesn't really feel like she's turning into light, and more feels like she's turning into jello. Yeah, I was thinking it seems like she turns into a ghost more than she turns. I, if she were, I, I I like that they made her translucent because you know it's light. I think if she was a bit brighter, then it'd be like oh, okay, no, she's definitely light and not just turning into a ghost. Um, yeah, when she has her binary moment at the end, it's like then it's yeah, like that, okay, that's... then it's like okay, great. This is what we're looking for. Like this is what we're we're here for. This yeah. we're we're on board. Um, yeah, I also think it's because like the black and white aesthetic has always been a part of her character, and it made her powers feel more visually distinct, especially if she gained another color. Yeah, and I mean, it's been a few days since I watched this, but just in my internal recollection because of the way they do her light powers even when she phases like it makes the black and white almost look just more like blue you know like and i if, yeah. if it was a if it was a brighter energy signature with more contrast to make that black and white stand out then it'd be like bam pow uh, but that's just you know now now that's just a nitpick on on our part the one moment where i was like mm, this does not look great like just from a uh uh cgi standpoint or green screen or whatever there's a couple moments when the scroll planet was getting destroyed i'm like "Mm, that doesn't look great but all right whatever uh but the scene where they're on like the fucking the grass planet after they escape from darben because like kamala made the decision and and they're having a little heart to heart there are a couple close-up moments with carol and monica where i'm like was this like was monica on a green screen for this because like the background behind her just doesn't look good and like the way it's so close up on her i'm like this doesn't i don't know yeah. that these two were in the like on the same set for this conversation like that was just the I, I, their performances were good but it just didn't feel cohesive it really is one of those things where it kind of gets tiresome to see like the characters in front of mostly green screens mm-hmm. it's like okay i get for some of this stuff because of how fantastical it looks but could you not have like just made a set with grass or like taken them outside yeah, and maybe it was like a reshoots thing where they just weren't available at the same time or whatever, but that was the one moment where I was like, oh, I'm noticing this and thinking, mm, that doesn't look great. But overall, I still enjoyed that that scene as a whole. 
But I want to know, because it's been a while since we did our MC rankings, not where would you put this, but where are you putting it against the last few disappointing Marvel entries? Because I'll be honest, this is leaps and bounds above for me. Like, I didn't, I wasn't considered myself disappointed by this. I enjoyed this. I was, if anything, pleasantly sur- surprised. Like, it's better like, this than is technically phase Thor, five, Love right? Thunder. Yeah, this is phase five. I think phase five started with, did it start with Quantumania? Yeah, it started with Quantumania. Yeah. This is better than Quantumania to me. Yeah. It's better than Love and Thunder. Uh, I'm just going to assume it's better than Secret Invasion based on the way everybody is talking. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it is. Just let me see. What, what's, what was the last, what was the other thing that people were like, oh, this fucking sucks. I liked it more than I liked Moon Knight, which I may be alone on that. Well, I don't know if I'm alone, but that might not be as... Yeah as a widely held uh, conviction, but I definitely enjoyed this more than I liked Moon Knight. Um, like, if we're talking, like, Phase 4 and 5, uh, yeah. I put I put it, um, th- I put this, like, at third, because, like, we have the Spider-Man movie and we have Shang-Chi. We do have a Spider-Man movie. Yeah, and Shang-Chi, I thought, was also pr- pretty good, so it's Shang-Chi like, I am... Good. Yeah, so I'm putting it, like, there, unless there's, a, like, a movie I'm forgetting, but it's just, like, would you, all the others. Would you put it above the Wakanda Forever? Yeah, like, Wakanda Forever, I feel like, had, I feel, like, I feel like the Wakanda Forever went in, like, what the direction it tried to go in, I feel like it made some wrong turns. I also feel, I also feel like, uh, not everything about it was really thought out very well, and I also, now that, um... My feelings of Chadwick Boseman and how it's a tribute to him have been able to process it more. I feel like the movie doesn't work in in a lot of places, so it's like I put it. I it's like I'm not gonna say it's a bad movie, but I like I'm just gonna it like hit now the that same, I ha- like when when you have some time away from it. Yeah, it's like I can like process it as the movie and as a part of the MCU instead of a tribute to Chadwick Boseman. So uh, okay. that's but you're, well, you're also there is one movie you're also forgetting about. Okay. Guardians of Galaxy 3. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Take back everything. It's now yeah, number four. Because Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Guardians of the Galaxy 3. That movie See, was good. It's like, it's weird. Yeah, it's like, it's so weird because I don't account it as any, a part of Space 4 and 5. It's like, it just feels like, oh, that's the, that's the final closer. It's like, it's Well, weird. and I think it, I think it's because it feels like not just a closer on the Guardians, but it's like a closer for James Gunn because it's going to be like, okay, now he's going to be a DC guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Drew, is there anything else you want to say about this before we move to our favorite and least favorite moments, and then our final thoughts? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest with the visuals. I don't like the costume change that they did with the new costumes. It's like I think the best one was Miss Marvel. Yeah. Now, see, I think the best one was Carol's. It was just too dark. If they'd given the colors of Miss Marvel to Carol, like would have been would have been would have been great. Honestly, her costume at the start of the movie. Would have been perfect for me if they just given her uh, red gloves and red boots. Yeah, honestly, I don't think like most of the characters needed a costume change. I feel like Monica needed it. Yeah, Monica. Well, she needed to get her big hero suit moment. Yeah, like Kamala had her costume from her original series, and she barely had that one. It's like she hasn't appeared since the Miss Marvel um, show, so it's like let her keep that one for a movie, and then you can change her later. And Monica just needed a costume now, and like. I like the fact that they did try to go with comic accuracy. It just feels like that because they added the extra lines and stuff, you missed the point of Spectrum. But yeah, Which whatever. is, you know, that's the MCU. <laughs> yeah. just, there's one thing they love, man. It's those fucking extra lines. Just Honestly, give her her trench coat. That was all, that's all, that's oh, all was awesome. Give her the trench coat. I mean, hey, 
the trench coat look, it's back for her. That's her that's her fucking look on uh, Marvel Snap. You know, not to bring up Marvel Snap again, but I'm a little bit addicted. That's the Spectrum fit on Marvel Snap and in the Ultimates comic. Or her short jacket. That's one of my favorite looks for her with that jean jacket on her on top of her costume. You know what? Let's let's talk about this for a second. Give more characters jackets in the MCU. There are a few things that make a superhero costume cooler than putting a jacket over it. And that's one of the big reasons mm-hmm. to be excited about X-Men. Because X-Men, a plethora of jackets over costumes. Plethora. Okay? A plethora. You got Gambit. You got Rogue. A lot of times, you got Bishop. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you got Cyclops. Okay? Cyclops with a jacket hits so hard with that a I feel leather, like with the, the fur, the, the fur not coat. ready for it. Yeah, the, the, the fur like collar. I mean, oh man, over the nineties fit. Like, come on, mm-hmm. everyone should get. Okay, not even. Oh man, not even to mention the new X Men costumes where they were just all wearing coats. Cyclops, Logan wearing a coat with nothing underneath. Jean Grey wearing a trench coat. Um, so yeah, more coats, everybody. But we're not talking about it. We got to talk about our, our favorite and least favorite moments from this movie. So, Drew, favorite moment, least favorite moment. Uh, well, favorite? we already know what your favorite moment is. It's the after credit scene. There you go. Yeah, so I'm, so, yeah, so I'm, a, so I'm, so I'm just going to go over the different ones because I had a whole spiel for that one. I kind of I wanted to force my way through for this one, but Tristan just opened the door, so I didn't get to break, break it down. Yeah, because well, uh, I knew what was up. <laughs> yeah, but um, favorite... Favorite moments, uh, Kamala, Kamala making the um, hard call to transport them out of there with a jump gate. Uh, also, I liked when um, Kamala, when Kamala gets the both of the quantum bands and she's like, says, "I was born for this," and I was like, "You know what? You weren't Good born moment. for this, yeah. but you are real." But yeah, I can understand you were ready for this. I also like uh, just any moment of Kamala with her family because it's like the way that they bounce off each other is amazing, and you can feel the and you can feel like the family vibes. Uh, love that. And I think my other favorite moment that I'm going to mention that I'm going to pass off to you so I don't go, like, into my little spiel form. Other favorite moment is Carol calling Valkyrie to uh, mm. pick up the scrolls. It's like, finally, using your connections for just, like, small stuff. For just, like, small stuff. It's like, finally. Glad it happened. Yeah, don't know why her ship isn't burned. Yeah, right. All the times you've watched a movie, you're like, well, they know this person, why don't they just call this? That would solve the problem. They did that. It's like, oh, okay, good. Yeah, great. Now they can go do what they need to do. Um, yeah, I, I I can sign off on all those favorite moments. I think another one of my favorite moments is just the whole musical planet, specifically when they're introduced to Carol's husband. I thought that was hilarious. Um, everything with the flurkins, that was adorable. I was like, shit, do I want another cat? Like, I don't need one, but God, kittens are adorable. Um, and then the final fight I loved. It felt a bit short, but the choreography was just so cool and creative now that they were really cohesive with their, their new dynamic with the, the entanglements and, you know, having, uh, yeah, the swapping and having Monica have the big hero moment at the end where she, she essentially goes binary and seals the rift. Like, I think that was a, that was a good moment. Least favorite moment. Uh... I don't know. And this isn't me being like, oh, this movie's perfect. There's nothing least favorite. But it moved so quick to me that anything that I didn't like, it didn't really dwell on too much. You know, it's like, oh, okay, like we're just, we're moving on. Like, because this movie is an hour and 45 minutes and it moves at a fucking clip. You're like, oh, okay. You didn't like that? We're out of here. It's like, oh, okay, cool. So thank you for, I guess, knowing I wouldn't care for that. Um, So I'm having a hard time thinking of any actual least favorite. Well, I'm not going to say least favorite moments, but I do want to talk about like some of the some of the problems before we go that I have. Yeah, sure. 
So one of the, so like again like the pacing of the movie I feel like is fine for is fine for the most part. It's just like some of the stuff definitely needed more time. I feel like some extra scenes could have helped. The other thing I think I have a problem with mostly has to do with like with uh, Carol's dilemma and why she never returned to Earth. It's like okay, she like destroyed a planet, everything, and then Hollow was plunged into civil war, and she sees it's her fault. Okay, cool. The movie, I feel like, needed, one of the things I feel like needed extra scenes, it's like, okay, Carol, what were you doing to try and make up for that with the Kree and everything? And it's like, oh, the, it never mentions anything. And it's like, I feel like also, like, there could have been a moment with Miss Marvel, like, processing that her hero sort of, like, nearly destroyed a planet and a species. It's like, I don't need, I don't need major, like, earth-shattering stuff, but I feel like that kind of needs to be addressed in some way. And it's just, it's just never addressed. It feels like, oh, we don't have time. We're in a less than two hour movie. Let's speed this along. And it's like, okay, it's like, okay, but it just leaves you with questions. Other thing, and this comes from Secret Invasion, Tristan, so I get you might not understand this, but the Kree are war, but the um, Kree are war criminals, the scrolls push them to that. Because we find out that the scrolls and the reason why the Kree scroll war exists is because the scrolls, before they were refugees, snuck onto Hala and try to basically take over, take it over by um, doing the same thing they did in Secret Invasion of taking over key spots in government and everything, and they nearly pushed the Kree to death. So yeah, the scrolls are like literally war, literally war criminals, and it's not the first time they've done this. They've been doing this since before and after they became refugees. So yeah, that's that's one of the, that's one of the things where it's like with the scrolls and everything. It's like, oh man really hard to uh feel really wish i could feel bad for you guys but it's like at the same time you guys are like the most premier assholes of the universe now um then there but then like i think one of the other big things that hits it is that the fact that the scrolls have a planet because if you watch secret invasion then secret invasion is like literally destroyed because of that because the main thing of why the scrolls are bad guys in secret invasion is that nick fury and carol we're supposed to find another planet for them. They were going to stay on Earth until they found another planet. There's another planet. And obviously they've been there for a while. They have buildings there and stuff that they've been there. And it's like, this isn't... And it's like, I've looked at the Marvel timeline. Apparently this takes place, like, literally just a few weeks after Secret Invasion. So, um... Yeah. Why... Well, what, and what was this was that? originally supposed to come out before Secret Invasion, right? Which would have made it... Yeah, which would have made it way worse. So yeah. it's like there's an entire planet that the scrolls could just go to, and it's just like it's not taken there. And in Secret Invasion, it's like they're mad at Nick Fury for not finding a planet, and there's no anger towards Carol. I felt like the Emperor's anger towards Carol and that he's not renovate um exonerating her or anything, uh, besides the fact that their planet just got destroyed, was the fact that like she didn't keep her promise or everything. But then it's like, wait, but there's a planet, so did she keep her promise? It's like, it's like these two projects are now fighting against each other of what happened. And it's the most, uh, problem. It's the most problems between projects that we've ever had in the MCU ever. And so, it sounds like really, this is less a problem with the movie and more problem with secret invasion. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, it, it's kind of a, it's kind of a problem with both. Cause like, again, because of the time, yeah, they don't talk to each other. <laughs> we've, we've seen this before. They need to get together. Yeah, it's like, you guys need to have your regularly scheduled meetings. Like, just get on a Zoom call and, like, say, okay, this is my script. And it's like, oh, wait, but we're doing this and this can interact with that. Like, just you just, you just we just need a bit. Um, yeah. 
but with all but with all that being said it's like i still like it um i hope spider-man's a part of this new avengers and everything since like we don't know if he's an avenger still or anything uh so if he's on kamala's team would like that uh yeah that's it there you go uh i'm trying to think did i yeah i already well i did my least favorite moment so all final thought thoughts then uh final thoughts this is just it's this is an okay movie it's not like great it's not bad it's not the flop of the mcu that you guys think it is there's still plenty of there's still plenty of time for marvel to turn this around all i want is the x-men and fantastic four to do well at this point honestly it's like i don't care about anything else yeah and you know i'd like a spider-man four more street level with uh with the uh daredevil team up but past that you know let's let's not get picky but um yeah oh also what want more monica like i get it i know she's my favorite captain marvel she's one of my favorite mc MC characters mc marvel characters (laughs) uh she's one of my favorite marvel characters in the comics she got shafted so much in the comics and to see her doing well here i hope that she gets her due i mean hey setting her up to be the first one in the other uh other x-men universe it seems like they're they're setting her up to be a big deal for the upcoming multiversal stuff yeah I really, really hope she doesn't have to go through another dead mom syndrome, because that is one of the things X-Men like. Dead parent syndrome is a really big problem there. Uh, but uh, re- but I can't wait for that. Also, introduce Blue Marvel. Adam Brushier. He and Monica were an item in the comics. I don't know if they still are, because a lot of stuff has happened with Blue Marvel, and I think we don't know what's are. going on. I hope they, I hope they still are. They're a cute couple. Are. They are a very cute couple, and I like them. Uh, but yeah introduce them let them let them have their cup their couples relationship and everything and it's like let's just have let's just have a full-on marvel family everything let blue marvel be a part of the marvels there you go you'd think he would be a bigger part of the marvel you know the marvels family in general just especially since he also worked closely with carol uh as one of the ultimates but you know whatever technically Uh, he is still like kind of new-ish uh for for the marvel universe and everything but he's like he's starting to get there like he's apparently a part of it's been like 20 years oh yeah oh my god it's been 20 years god like he's he's over a decade older probably i think than you know like kamala and maybe miles and like they're all they got a push like blue marvel could get a push too uh my final thoughts i enjoyed the movie uh, you know, it's not like the greatest movie I've ever seen, but it was fun. It's more fun than I've had in a Marvel movie in a while, aside from Guardians 3. You know, it, it's better than Quantum Media. It's better than Love and Thunder. I, I, it's, it was an enjoyable time, and I did not regret seeing it in theaters and, and forking over, you know, the, the price to take for it. Drew, what are you working on, and where can people find you? I am working on my YouTube channel. You can find me on the. You can find me at the writers' room. In the writers' room. At the writers' room. I need to get my on pitch together. Room. Yeah, on get the it together. Room. Yeah, I need to get my pitch together. You can also find me on the socials. I am Drew Garrison underscore on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, so like, look me up. We can talk shop. You can even like ask me about why I'm obsessed with beasts, and I will give you a whole spiel. He sure will. He will. It will give you that spiel. And when you're done listening to his spiel, you can go read some of my comic book opinions over on Screen Rant, where I'm cranking out articles as best as I can. And then you can find me on the socials, uh, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, at Bag Issue Bins. Links for all the stuff we've mentioned, all the stuff, personal stuff we plugged, will be featured in the description of this episode. 
along with links to our Patreon and our Discord. Now, none of our content is behind a paywall, but if you enjoy what we do here at the Nerd Stash, we'd appreciate it if you handed over a, a buck or two, you know, just to help us keep the lights on. Or jump into the Discord and chat with us about all sorts of nerdy things. Maybe that's where you can hit up Drew, and he'll give you a spiel on Beast, you know? You never know what could happen. But, Drew, I think it's time for us to hit the old dusty trail. Anything you want to wanna say before we uh, fly off into another universe? Yes. To me, my X-Men. Well, there you go. I mean, we could have saved that for an X-Men episode, but it fits here, so I guess, yeah. yeah. To me, my X-Men. Yeah, it's like the Marvels don't really have a battle cry, so I went with the next best thing. They go, let's get marvelous! There we go. Let, let's get marvelous. Oh, oh, wait, I got a better one. Uh, Taylor cut the rest of that out, because I got a better one. <clears throat> Ambiggin! MCU fans aren't going to get that joke. But you know no, what? No, they're not. They're lost. They're lost. See you later, guys. Peace.